As we gather tonight, we continue the service of worship which we began last night. This is the triduum, the longest worship service of the church year, because it is three days long. We began worshiping last night, and our worship will continue through Easter Sunday morning. After we leave this evening, you may want to continue, even though you're not in this place tomorrow, to continue in prayer and worshiping the Lord on what is known as Holy Saturday tomorrow. To symbolize the darkness of Good Friday, we will conclude this service in a moment of full darkness. Please meditate and rest in the silence. It will be probably two minutes. And wait to move until the lights come back on so that you don't trip on something. We will ask you to leave the sanctuary in silence as the lights come back on. So it would be a very good time for you to silence your cell phones so that they are not a part of that. Let us pray. Oh God, today the carpenter's hands are nailed to a cross. The king of kings is crowned with thorns and wears the purple robe of mockery. Today he sets us free, himself imprisoned on a tree. Today is God's Friday. We come in worship. Jesus walked, yes, he walked. Jesus walked that lonesome valley for me. Don't you know Jesus walked? My yes, Jesus, he walked. My Jesus walked that lonesome valley for me. Jesus walked that lonesome valley. Jesus walked that lonesome valley. Jesus walked that lonesome valley. Yes, he walked it for you and me. Don't you know Jesus climbed? Yes, he climbed. Jesus climbed that hill of sorrow for me. Don't you know Jesus climbed? Jesus walked that he walked for me. No. 
join me in the responsive call to worship. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we account him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. Let us stand and sing together. Then those who had arrested Jesus, the Jewish police and the chief priests, took Jesus from Caiaphas, who was the high priest, to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? The chief priest answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. And Pilate said to them, Well, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. And they replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he 
indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again and summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own? Or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed him over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the religious authorities. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And Pilate asked him, so, you are a king. And Jesus said, you say that I am a king. And for this I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asked him, what is truth?
After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, striking him on the face and saying, Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. They answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has claimed to be the Son of God. sin to hide but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty side and to become the Lamb of God your gift of love they crucified they laughed and scorned Now when Pilate heard that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, 
Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the religious authorities cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Let us stand together. O sacred head now wounded, Now it was the day of preparation for Passover, and it was about noon. He said to them, Here is your king. 
they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? They answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus 
and carrying the cross by himself. He went to the place, what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Pharisees and scribes read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says, they divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. When Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A number of years ago now, I think it was at one of our Presbytery pastors' retreats. One of our Presbyterian pastors from another Presbytery was sharing 
his own spiritual journey of how he had grown deeper in prayer. And he shared that it was during one of these Lenten times, during Holy Week, that he found himself praying imaginatively the story of the final rejection and death and suffering of Jesus. And he asked the Lord to help him feel exactly what Jesus was feeling through all of that. He said, you need to be careful what you pray for. Because what happened was the prayer was answered and he began to feel a pain that he had never felt before. And he fell into a deep depression. And he said it took several months for himself and some of his friends and his psychiatrist to help him get out of that place. The story that we have just read this evening is a story about pain. Many of us know about pain only too well. It has tracked us throughout our years. It may be difficult for us to talk about our pain, but we can certainly see the pain that was in the life of Jesus described in these texts read this evening. He suffered physical pain, one writer said, bound in the Garden of Gethsemane, pushed around the garden, taken to the high priest's house, flogged, mocked, put on trial, kept sleepless through the night so that the next morning he was weary with pain and weakened. Physical pain Jesus suffered. The crown of thorns placed upon his head and crammed down upon the top of his head till the blood flowed down his face. That's why I thought I cannot bear to see the movie The Passion of Christ because the violence, the pain, the suffering of Jesus my Lord was so traumatic for me and for many. There was the pain of abandonment. Jesus abandoned by all of his disciples. Jesus abandoned by his heavenly Father, crying out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Abandoned and that pain of loneliness. No one there with him. The Father having turned his face away, the angels hiding their eyes so they could not see. 
the dearly beloved Son of God hanging alone between heaven and earth. Loneliness. A deep pain that some of us know only too well. From the beginning of his ministry, the pain and the suffering of, of contempt and humiliation. His own hometown synagogue and his friends there responding with such hostility to him. And Jesus becoming aware that there always seemed to be a plot that was building to arrest him and to put him to death because he was such a threat to the nation. pain of contempt, of mockery, of being looked upon with such disdain. The kind of pain and suffering described in the movie Silence is the priest seeking to be faithful to his vision of God in Christ on the cross, saw some of his converts hung on crosses in a lagoon of the ocean with the water coming up, threatening to drown them. All he had to do was apostatize, to renounce his faith in Jesus, and those men would be cut down. And part of the pain of that mission was to become aware of what happened with others. Jesus looked from the cross and saw his mother and the pain and suffering and the tears on her face caused by him. My mother lived to be 102, and I always said to myself, I hope she dies before I do. Because I do not want to see her suffering And in those last words in the text I just read from John 19, Jesus realizing that he completed his mission, thirsty, broken, battered, limp, unable to hold himself any longer upon the cross, uttering the words, it is finished. And he breathed his last. The great project of his life, of teaching the gospel of the kingdom, of proclaiming the good news to the poor, of healing the sick, of restoring people, of raising the dead, of following the Lord's leading all the way up into Jerusalem, knowing in some sense intellectually what was waiting for him, but finally to come to that place where he said, the project is finished. And if you look at all of this suffering of our Lord described in these texts, it is a heavy burden and it can be 
can lead you to despair and to deep depression, except that was not the intention of the writers of the Gospels or of the letters of the New Testament. In fact, the great mystery of the passion of Christ has to do with the manifestation in history in the context of the human story, the story of how Jesus, the Son of God, has taken all those dimensions of suffering that we have experienced in one way or another and absorbed them in his own body and in his broken body and shed blood, reconciled us to the Father, brought us into right relationship with God and with one another. He became sin, the Apostle Paul said, so that we might become the righteousness of God. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Wow. That's me. And that was the Apostle Paul. He shared with young Timothy, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But the grace of God was poured out over me. And his love transformed me, and I received a new calling to proclaim the good news of the gospel, the very power of God for salvation for all who believe. Yes. This was God's mysterious way of bringing us to our knees, of bringing us to the foot of the cross where the servant, Son of God, emptied himself of the prerogatives of deity and humbled himself and became obedient all the way to the cross. He did for me what I could not do for myself, and He did for you what you cannot do for yourself. He did for the whole human race what we cannot do for ourselves as the great gift of love. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Tonight we affirm that we believe this good news. Mysterious as it is, painful as the story reads, it is in that suffering that our wounds are healed, that our sins are forgiven, that our humanity is restored and we are given a reason to be living and the hope of eternal life. Pray with me. Merciful God, you have come to us in Jesus, your Son, and tonight on this Good Friday, we with Christians around the world gather at the foot of the cross 
to absorb once again the power of this story. Reminded that many seek signs or miracles and others want to have wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Help us to believe tonight. As we take this journey through the holiness of Saturday into the surprise of Easter Sunday morning, raise us up in hope and joy to enter into the fullness of your redemptive purpose for this planet and for the entire cosmos. This we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to stand with me and let's confess our faith together. Words from Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. tremble tremble 